You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. We got more phone calls, and I'm assuming that's why you're here. If not, then you are in the wrong place. That's what we're doing. I do want to start with um, some of the calls from, you know, back in the day. So we're going to rewind a little bit because um, I don't want to get these left entirely in the dust. So let's go back to Saturday real quick and see what Mr. Potato Head's up to. Hey, brother. Um, it's your uh, Idaho potato friend. Uh, What's up, man? Yeah, I've just been thinking, like, either way, whatever happens this season, I just can't wait for next season. You know, if Aaron Rodgers plays uh, Chicago, awesome, good for him. I hope he does. Um, honestly, I think, you know, in a small percentage that uh, this could maybe be his last season here or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I want him to. Um, just for that, I don't want what happened to be the last game I ever saw, you know? So I hope he does and plays well and wins and, you know, maybe then he sits out after the bye week and they let Jordan Love play or whatever, but that's fine. But I do think he's going to be back next year, you know? Uh, I think he sees what's going on with the offense and how Christian Watson's coming up and he knows Romeo's coming, coming back and, uh, Samari's turning in. I think he'll be back next year. And, um, you know, and I hope we can keep Jordan up too, because maybe next year will be Aaron's last year and we have Jordan there and everyone just gets in together. And, you know, it's not impossible to do to have both of them on the team next year. So, I don't know. I just have, uh, I think Jordan's going to be good. So I hope we can keep him for the long run. You know, I, maybe he's not, you know, but. Hey, he looked good for his nine nine passes. So, and Aaron's Aaron. He's always going to be one of the best players on the field or the potential to be the best player on the field until he's not. And I don't think that's past him. I think he still has a year if he's healthy, at least to be the best player on the field. And I hope... We have him for that because I, 
personally, I'd hate to see him not here next year and uh, win a Super Bowl somewhere else. So, anyways, have a good one. Hope everything's going well. Appreciate the call. Um, as far as, and I'll go more in on this on tomorrow's podcast, but as far as the whole hoping Jordan Love takes over, I don't, I've changed my mind after Brian Gutekunst's press conference. I don't think Jordan Love is going to play at all this year. In fact, Brian Gutekunst, based on his comments, put himself in a position where we almost can't, pending some kind of an injury, and maybe they're going to pull the injury card, I don't know, but pending some kind of an injury, we really can't start Jordan Love. Um, And again, just based on how he painted himself into a corner, if we do, then based on the words he said, um, they're doing the wrong thing. So again, we'll get into that more, but just based on those comments, it really feels, you know, Gutekunst has been so all in on Rodgers. I mean, the, the, the knock on Gutekunst a lot of the time has been that, you know, how dare you not commit to, to Rod? I think he's been committed to Rodgers to a fault. If there's any issue, I think it's an over-reliance on Rodgers. And um, again, based on some of his comments, I, I think... You know, I mean, Rodgers can choose to leave if he decides he wants to retire or whatever. But um, outside of that, it seems to me as though the plan is to commit to Rodgers no matter what. And potentially, we'll be getting rid of Jordan Love, which makes me sick to my stomach. Um, Now, he didn't say that, but just in terms of what he's more adamant about in terms of keeping Rodgers or keeping Love, he seems more adamant about keeping Rodgers. And, you know, when asked about getting rid of Jordan Love, he didn't outright deny it. He didn't say, no, he's our guy. He didn't didn't say he's the future of the franchise. He just said, ah, we'll see, (laughs) more or less. So it just, I just, I hate it. I hate, uh, I hate it. I don't like it at all. And I just want to add the the difference between Aaron and Brett. Brett really didn't want to be here. You know, he held the team over a barrel for two years, actually three years, saying he wanted to retire, didn't want to retire, you know, all that. So, I mean, Aaron's kind of done that, but he's also said that he wants to be a Packer. He wants to retire here. You know, and Brett did that, and then once he found out that they were going to give the reins to Aaron. Would, would he wait till he retired and then he unretired? So, I mean, two totally different things. Aaron just said. I mean, I think they're very similar. Um, I think Brett intended to retire a Packer. Uh, both of them got to the point where they decided that they really just didn't want to do any extra work. So none of them, neither of them were going to training camp. Both of them were kind of hanging retirement over the head of the team. Um, the only real difference is Brett did go so far as to say, I'm going to leave, and then decided, no, never mind, I'm going to come back. And um, didn't he do it and then come back and then do it again and then try to unretire again? And then um, that's when the, the team said no. So, I mean, the, the only real difference is Rodgers has committed to staying, whereas Brett said he wanted to retire and then said, no, I want to come back, which is probably why Rogers says, I really want to take some extra time. 
as opposed to the season ending and him rushing to the podium and saying, I'm, you know, emotionally crying, saying, I think I'm done. Um, but I mean, if, if, if that weren't the case and if Rogers were to, you know, say, I think I want to retire and then change his mind. And then the team says, no, would he, would he go play for somebody? Would he go, if, if given the opportunity, would he go to the 49ers to go be with his old team? Would he go with the Raiders to be with Devante? You know, um, I don't know that he wouldn't. So, I mean, it's 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 somewhat different situationally in terms of how it actually bore itself out, but I do see a lot of similarities. I mean, again, the only real difference is Favre said, yes, I want to go, and Rodgers hasn't gotten to that point yet. It was in the end of the season. I don't know. I'll let you know. But he's not doing a crying on TV saying that he's retiring. You know, I love Brad. I have a eight by ten of him sign. So I love the guy. He's the reason I was a Packers fan in the nineties when I was a kid. And I live in Idaho, so I get to pick my team and I pick my team because of Brett, because he played the team. He he plays game like it's uh he plays like he was having fun when everyone else was doing uh Deion Sanders and uh just playing football like they're just trying to advertise for money or something like that. And Brett was just playing out, having fun. And he was tackling teammates, picking them up, carrying them over his shoulders. I, I love Brett. I sad to see what's happening right now. And I hope it's not true. Um, I hope it's not true. Maybe it is, but that, anyways, that's, anyways, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is like Brett Favre. I, I wish people would quit assimilating it to the being the same thing because it's it's not the same thing anyway anyway well um new heights it's pretty good you should check it out right new heights did you say um yeah i mean it's it's situationally different but it's also very similar i mean the the specifics are, are different because Rodgers has never, hasn't decided to retire yet. Uh, we'll see how it plays out once he does decide. I mean, I, I, I don't think he'll do the same thing. I don't think he'll uh, retire and then, um, and then come back. But, but it, it, I mean, it wasn't just that. I mean, Brett Favre was, was, as I said, hanging the potential for retirement over the franchise for some time. And that part of it is very similar. Um, you know, just, just the sort of, he's getting old. He's not the same guy. He doesn't want to go to training camp anymore. He doesn't really want to show up until the games are going. Um, you know, I, I, in that respect, and, and then, you know, trying to decide whether or not, I remember he would take a long time trying to decide, and this is when Rogers was there, if he's going to stay or not. And, um, I, I'm, again, the, the timeline is, is fuzzy. I don't exactly remember, but I, I do think that there were similar things where he decided to come back, but it was, it was just late in the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are a couple particulars about the Brett Favre situation that are different, but, um, I think by and large, I mean, it depends what we're talking about. I, I don't know what, what exactly you're referencing. I don't know who's been saying that they're the same. I don't think I've seen that and what they mean by that, but, um, I would say there's more similarities than differences 
would be my thought. But again, it, I, I don't know what exactly the people you're referencing are saying or talking about or whatever. I think I'm going to leave it at that. We've got Mike, who just yells out, it's Sunday, which doesn't really add much to the uh, Monday night show. And then there's a couple calls from Chris from Alabama. Chris, I'm going to just, I'm going to skip those just because they're mostly predictions of what you think are going to happen. And it would just be kind of weird to play it at this point. So apologize for not getting to it, but I didn't. All right, let's get uh, caught up now to the uh, up-to-date calls. Hey, Ryan, it's Cole from Illinois. Hey. Um, and as you can tell from where I'm from, uh, today is like Christmas for me. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, the only thing that rivals today is when we win in Lambeau because it's so much better when we beat the Bears in Soldier Field. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, the general sense is, yeah, the team was bad and we got lucky and won. But to me, I don't care. Because I get to, tomorrow I'm going to wear a three-layer outfit, my shirt that says, meet, meet Dick, Dick is a Bears fan, don't be a dick, underneath my Packers hoodie, underneath my Brett Favre jersey, um, I don't know why I'm picking Brett Favre, but that's just what I'm going with, and I'm going to float to everyone on my college campus. It's the college version of exactly what I did in elementary school, basically, and maybe middle school or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was it was every single game the Packers beat the Bears. It was never it was never close, um, and for a very long time. And so yeah, I would just show up in my uh, starter Packer jacket with my Packer ja- backpack and my Packer shirt and my Packer hat and everything, and just go strut in there and didn't really have to say much because it uh, you know everybody kind of knew what was up. Everyone yesterday who was wearing the uh, Khalil Mack shirts and, and you know, other washed-up bears that don't play for them anymore, um, it's great to just tell them that their team sucks. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously they knew it. Like, my, I have my one friend from back where I live at home. Uh, he's a Bears fan. And I talk with him constantly. He's just like, yeah, I hope we lose this game. I really want that number two draft pick. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't think we would have gotten number two. I think that's kind of the issue. Um, because, again, not we would have to have a worse record than pretty much everybody because of strength of schedule. Because we had a harder strength of schedule than most of these garbage teams. So not only would we have to have you know, as bad, we would have to have a worse record than everybody but Houston. So we'd have to have a worse record than Chicago, Denver, the Rams, Carolina. And these teams, first of all, they're already worse than us. There's um, three teams right now with three wins. One of them was the Bears, so that would have put them at four, I guess. But again, that there's also, if we had lost that game, there's Arizona. Bottom line is we would have pick, uh, I think, nine right now because Arizona, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Carolina, the Rams, Denver, they all have 3 or 4 and and Chicago wins and we would pick after all of them. So I don't think we would have gotten to 2. I think, you know, maybe we could have maybe gotten to 5 if we just lose out the rest of the year, which isn't really feasible. Which is kind of the issue. I just don't think we're not going to win any games. Um, is it, there's just so many bad teams 
And there's a bunch of other teams here that are five, you know, that are also five wins, but they're five and seven um, because they had their bye. So now that we have our bye, if Las Vegas, if Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Detroit, if those teams win, they're, I believe, going to leapfrog us. So even in our bye, we could fall to pick uh, 15, potentially. Go, we're, we're at 11. We could drop to 15 without even playing, just by those teams losing. So yeah, I don't, I don't think we get to, or I don't, obviously we're not now. I don't think we ever would have gotten to two, which is the other part of the, the situation with, you know, tanking for picks or whatever. I just, I don't see us getting the help we need from garbage teams winning a bunch of games so that we can get a pick that's better than them. I just don't think that's going to happen or would have happened. Um, kind of my question for you is clearly Justin Fields has gotten really good at running the ball himself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how – I remember listening to the podcast last year and hearing all these like terrible stats about Justin Fields, and I'm like, oh, my God, Justin Fields is just terrible. Yeah. And now I have to deal with Bears fans telling me that Justin Fields is legit. He's going to be, like, the guy for the next 10 years and, you know, right. all that Chicago crap where they just go on and on and on and on and on and on about how amazing their teams are when they're terrible. Um. So I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, like, is he good? Do you think he will be good? Because I don't think he'll be a good passer at all. Not in – I don't think so. And I think the league is going to quickly figure out running quarterbacks. I mean, you're already starting to see it a little bit where you're planning for people like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Packers aren't, but, you know, other teams are. Um, yeah. Go back, go. Yeah, so unf- – <laughs> All right. So unfortunately, the Packers gave Justin Fields his his maybe highest grade ever, um, ninety point four overall grade and an eighty two passing grade, which is his highest pat even with the two picks, his highest passing grade ever um, in his career. The Packers have been doing that all year, making everybody look like a freaking superstar. So in terms of that particular game, yeah, he had he had some good throws as we saw those fifty fifty balls. If Jair could have done a better job and and not allowed them to catch those passes, then you're not throwing really, you know, you're, you're, you're not throwing to covered receivers and having them catch them, which counts as a big time throw. He had three of them in this game. Um, the wide open receiver thing doesn't necessarily do as much, but um, look, I, I, first of all, being a really good runner isn't enough. I mean, it's, it's really good in, in a lot of ways, what it does for for how defenses have to prepare and what they're allowed to do. I mean, you're playing zone coverage a lot because you're terrified of turning your back to him and he takes off running and you got to have a spy, which basically takes somebody off your defense and then can he even catch him anyway? So it, it just by itself, it can be scary, but we have mobile quarterbacks right now. The, the, the Ravens have somebody that's potentially a better runner. Maybe he's not. Maybe Justin Fields is the best in the NFL. Maybe he's, maybe he's the best ever. I don't know. Um, but the, the Ravens aren't just dominating everybody. They're not, they have a better offensive line. They have a better defense. They have a better uh, group of weapons and Lamar is a much better thrower of the ball than Justin Fields is. And they're not winning Super Bowls. They're not even getting to the Super Bowl. I don't know. You know, they're struggling to, to get into the playoffs anymore. And, and I know Lamar's dealing with injuries, but that's part of the equation. You know, they there tend to be more injuries with quarterbacks that put their body on the line more. 
Also, talking about 10 years, I mean, you know, the physical traits such as running, those are the things that deteriorate. You know, an arm strength will deteriorate. Um, if you're going to succeed in the league into your older age, and, you know, it's what would he be, early 30s at that point? He probably still can run pretty well and throw pretty well, but um, it's all about the, the mental acuity. But be, beyond that, and I already went through the Justin Fields stats. You can find it if you really want me to hear me dig in. I think it was Friday's or Saturday's. I think it might have been Saturday's show. One of the shows. Um, it was all about the Bears, and the first like half of it was Justin Fields. But, you know, the, the, here is his big game. So is this like the big thing? Well, the problem is all of the really bad quarterbacks, they all have good throws. They all have good games at some point. Winning is about consistency. If you want highlights, that's one thing. If you want wins, that comes from consistency. He doesn't have consistency. And, and you know, the attempt by Bears fans to say that the snippets prove that he has this ability to be better, no, it doesn't. Everybody that's in the NFL has the snippets. That's why they're in the NFL. You can't tell me that based on you know, 10% of your plays going well, that that means you're going to be consistent in the future because that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, j- just for an example, Justin Fields most of the time throws good passes. Most of the time he does. I want to say it's like his, his on-target percentage was like 60-some-odd percent. Well, that sounds good. The problem is it's dead last in the NFL. It's not about the ability to do it sometimes. It's not even about the ability to do it most of the time. It's about consistency to a real high degree, right? Think about it. If, if you have a, 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 let's just call it a bad pass rate, if that's even a thing. If you have a bad pass rate of, of just 20%, that means 80% of your passes are on point. Well, how many times do you throw to get down the field? You know, if, if you're airmailing balls 20% of the time, you factor in, you know, bad runs of like uh, two yards, this, that, or the other. You've got good plays by the defense. You've got sacks. You've got all these factors. You're not going to, you're going to have a really hard time being able to get your, get the ball down the field consistently with that high of a bad pass rate, which I just made up. I mean, honestly, the consistency expectation is really, really, really high for 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 pretty much everybody in the NFL. I mean, how many drops can you have before you consider considered a bum as a wide receiver? Basically none. If if you drop one in ten passes, you're a piece of crap. <laughs> what about a kicker? How many extra points do I have to make? All of them. You can't miss an extra point. What about field goals? Uh we I mean Inside of 40 yards, inside of 50 yards, pretty close to 100%. If it's inside of 40, as in 30s, 20s, and, and less, um, it's it's 100%. And if you don't get that, you suck. And, and you're not going to, but that's the point. That's the expectation. It's It's basically perfection. The expectation isn't good most of the time. The expectation is perfection. And the closer you get to perfection the closer you can get to actually being a high-quality player, especially at the most important position in football. And the bottom line is, he's good most of the time, but he is very far from, from that standard of perfection. So yeah, the, the, the running is, it makes him super dangerous. And, and as a result, he doesn't have to be as good of a thrower. 
He absolutely does not. He doesn't need to be Rodgers. He doesn't need to be Mahomes. He doesn't need to be any of that. But right now as a thrower, and granted this past game against the Packers is going to elevate him through the roof, but he's, as a passer, consistently, depending on the metric, bottom two, bottom three quarterback in the NFL. You can't be that. You need to at least be like top 15, right? If you can if you can get to top 10, especially with that, that athletic ability, now we're really talking about something. And yes, he can get there, but there's nothing for Bears fans right now to brag about. He's a guy that can run that's a pretty bad passer. That's it. And yeah, he, he graded out well in this game. Great. Everybody's going to have a game. Do I need to go find Mitch Trubisky's? You think he never threw good passes? You think he never had good games? Of course he did. But he's not there anymore. Why? Because he didn't deserve to be. He's not good enough. He's not good enough to be a starting quarterback. I mean, Mitch Trubisky had an, an 80 overall grade week three this year. He had a basically an 80 week six. Two, two out of five games he was in the 80s. Last year, it was three out of four. He was mid-70s, which is quite good. Uh, week two as a bear, 80.2 overall grade. Um, let's see. He had an 80 week 10. This is back in 2019. He had a 87, basically a 90 against Detroit, week 13, 75, week 15 against the Packers. Go back to 2018, he had a 93 overall grade, week 4 against Tampa, an 88 overall grade, week 10 against Detroit, an 80 overall grade, week 17 against Minnesota. In 2017, his rookie year, he had a 90 overall grade, week 14 against Cincinnati. So, why isn't he the, still the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears if he has all these elite grades? Why isn't he a starting quarterback right now? It's the inconsistency. Most of the time, he was 60s and 50s. The fact that as a rookie, he threw seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. For every highlight, there's a low light. That's the problem. That's the point. And that's, that's true of Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordan Love as well. You know, Aaron Rodgers still makes great throws. The problem with Rodgers right now isn't the fact that he can't throw good passes. It's the fact that he's become inconsistent. You know, three good throws, and then he airmails it over Randall Cobb's head, and it's like, what was that? The problem is the expectation is perfection, and he's drifted further from that, and it's the same with Jordan Love. It's encouraging what he did in that limited sample size that we saw. No doubt about it. But we need to see him do that over four quarters, over 17 weeks. With, with an occasional dip, an occasional play, an occasional bad quarter, an, an occasional bad game. But, but that's, that's the standard. And Rodgers right now is slipping below. Jordan Love has never fulfilled it, and neither has Justin Fields. And that's where I might add on that. And most quarterbacks don't. Right? I pick on Justin Fields because he's a Bears quarterback, but 95% of quarterbacks are never going to get to that standard. They're going to be good. They're going to have flashes. I mean, man, some of the highlights of Mitch Trubisky or Baker Mayfield or anybody, pick any quarterback. Zach Wilson, he had uh, an elite game. He's had top-tier NFL throws. Of course he has. He's an NFL quarterback. That's not the standard. Hey, Pack Daddy. It's Jersey Mike again. What up? Uh... So I, I I got a problem. Sorry, my my dog screaming at the raindrops in the background. Oh yeah. Um, I have Christian Watson on my fantasy team. Okay. I am so freaking happy about it. I bet. But but here's the problem that I'm having. Okay. So two weeks ago, I'm 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 listening to some guys um, talk, and one of the guys said he's dropping twenty thousand dollars 
that Christian Watson gets a touchdown, right? Wow. And I think whatever it is, he, he was set to win 75 if Christian Watson got a touchdown. Okay. And what, it was, the whole game was going, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if Christian Watson's going to get a touchdown. I'm going to lose all my money. And I, I kept sitting there telling him, like, dude, don't worry. Christian Watson is going to get hit, right? And he does it. And I look and I'm like, you know what? How how hard would it be for me to drop, you know, I could I could drop some money down on Christian Watson next week. I think he could I think he could get some. And I, I, I didn't. And last week he puts up big numbers again. He puts up two touchdowns. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh, you know, that that says two touchdowns and, and you know, next week I, I could bet on him again. I could bet on him again against the Bears because the Bears are garbage. But I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Man, this is the Packers. They always let me down, and every single time I bet on something, I, I'm screwed by them. And here comes Christian Watson, and he gets two freaking touchdowns again. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So next week, Ryan, next week, do I do I put no. money on Christian Watson getting another touchdown? No. Because I, I bet you there's some, there's some big money to be made here. Yeah. But the question is, you know, what's the historical precedent of what Christian Watson is doing right now? And how likely is it that he continues to do what he's doing? So if you could look back and see about rookie receivers who have been put in this similar situation and, and what they could be capable of. That, that, that's the question I'm looking to have answered. But yeah, man, oh, I, I, I can't get enough of Christian Watson. He's, he's winning me a bunch of money right now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. You have a good one. I'm going to say no for entirely selfish reasons, and you're going to hate me if he gets more touchdowns, and I understand that, and that's fine. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you to do your own thing. But it's entirely selfish because I feel like as soon as you do that, he's not going to get a touchdown, and I don't want you to take that from me. All right? I mean, no offense. I mean, I don't want you to lose your money either. It's, it's, it's lose-lose for the both of us here. But I would rather... You look at at ten grand or whatever it is that you could have made and say, "Oh shucks," um, then lose however much money you feel like putting down, and also Christian Watson doesn't get a touchdown, and we all just suffer. So um, there's different kinds of suffering, and I would rather suffer with the "oh what could have been" thing. You know, like that feeling after the lottery gets drawn, you find out some bum won it, and it's and you hate that guy for the rest of your life uh, because he has a billion dollars and you don't. That kind of Suck is is a lot better than um, the the one where you explain to your wife where your your uh, savings account why it went to zero and have to lie about how it got hacked or something. As far as the historical precedent, I mean, a couple things. Number one, the past doesn't dictate the future, right? His odds of getting a touchdown have really nothing to do with his uh, how many previous weeks he's caught touchdowns, right? I mean, that's statistical things. As far as if you just want me to shut up and stop being a nerd and answer the question, I did look at it yesterday. I don't know if you heard it, but I think five, so rookies with five games with a receiving touchdown in a row, there's 10 in in the history of whatever. So he will be number 11 if he's able to do that. And then I think he goes to three or four if he gets a sixth. I wonder if that bye week is going to screw with his, uh, like in terms of my ability to search it. I wonder if that'll screw with that, which means there might actually be some more people that have done it, but there was a bye week that kind of got in the middle because I don't know if I can filter that out. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's roughly 10. Very rare. Doesn't happen very often, but don't do it, man. Let, let's just, let's just, 
let's just enjoy the Christian Watson thing. Let your buddy get rich and see if he'll give you, you know, a hundred bucks or something to not, because uh, because you're screwing him over too if he bets and and then it doesn't work because you're like, hey, I want to I want to drop a hundred and try to make some money. It's like you stupid jerk. Hey, it's Jersey Mike again. Uh, real real quick thing with uh, the the pessimistic dude who who's hoping we can you know tank for for draft picks. Yeah. Uh, here here's my thing. I think out of all my hatred for Aaron Rodgers that I still have, and my complete want for Jordan Love to start, I can see how what they're doing right now is beneficial. Hear me out. Christian Watson needs to go off, okay? While Christian Watson is going off, we need Aaron Rodgers to be shown for what he is, okay? So while Aaron Rodgers is going out there not doing that much, he's still winning games, which is giving some life to this defense. Yeah, apparently in the second half, whatever was said, while they're not playing good, which shows us that we want to move on, they're winning games, which gives the team fire, right? Yeah. We've been talking about they need that passion, that mentality, and I think it would be really, really poor mentality to say, hey, you know, while we've got a chance in the playoffs, we're just we're just throwing the towel in because we're, we're tanking for draft picks. Yeah, so I talked about Brian Gutekunst a little bit. Again, I don't want to get too much into it because I, I – planning on talking about it tomorrow. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Um, my, my trope, my whole thing is we're going to switch to Jordan Love and the expectation is still to win. Now, maybe that message would never permeate in the locker room. Like, yeah, right, dude. If you wanted to win, you'd have Rodgers. But now Gutekunst has gone so far as to say, um, no matter what, whether or not we're even in contention, you need to try to win football games, and in order to try to win football games, you have to put in your best quarterback. Well, now you can't play love. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was talking about before, um, because it's it it's as you're saying, it's not just you know the expectation is still to win. It's you need to demonstrate that you want to win by putting in your best quarterback. And if you switch to Jordan Love, you're telegraphing to everybody based on your own words that you think Jordan Love is the better quarterback, right? Or you are giving up. So again, he, he painted himself in a, in a corner to where we cannot, unless we try to say he's injured, which I think is going to be a, a similarly something where everybody's kind of kind of look at and roll their eyes and be like, oh, okay, yeah, right. Suddenly after the bye week, he's like, oh, my thumb. I think it's broken, Doc. What do I do? So yeah, I uh, I get what you're saying. I get it. That's not the right message you that that you send to a team. So you give Aaron Rodgers a shot. You say, "Hey, boss, you think you're so freaking special? You go out and pull this team out of the dirt and get us to get us to the playoffs, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how how awesome you are." And then, God forbid, something doesn't happen. You know, we gave him every opportunity, so we only get to see Jordan Love for two, two to one game. Zero. You know, then then so be it. Um, and I think as soon as we're eliminated from the playoffs, it's a different... And that would be my question to you and to other people who have this same mind, and, and I get it. What if I told you it was zero for the exact same reason? Forget the playoffs. You don't quit, period. It's not just you don't quit when, when the playoffs are in line. You're an NFL football team. You go out and you, you don't send the message to your team that you want to quit, so you don't. 
and and playing Jordan Love apparently is quitting, which I don't like that message either, but fair enough. Um, so if I told you that, that you see Jordan Love zero times and that that's going to have to push you closer to just moving on from Jordan Love, because, you know, Rodgers might play next year. So you, you do you... Do you give Jordan his fifth-year option? If not, then he has a contract next year, and we're still not going to see him, and then what? Then nothing. If you do give him a fifth-year option, it's kind of the same thing, except he's under contract with a really expensive contract. Then you either try to trade him on his contract, or you just keep him there on his really expensive contract. But I just it feels to me like we are really getting dangerously close to the team, if if Rodgers wants to stay, the team just going, well, sorry, Jordan, it just it never really panned out. I, I didn't think that that was a possibility, but I'm starting to think that that's kind of where we're headed, depending on if Rodgers decides to stay. If he stays next year and we don't play Jordan Love at all this year with no anticipation of playing him next year, I just, I don't know. I don't know that we would hang on to uh, to Jordan, sort of my fear conversation but they're going to give Aaron Rodgers every opportunity to screw the pooch and I, I think that we need to let that happen and understand that that's where we move on and I hope that all of us can get on the same page we can be happy when we win for that mentality and we can be happy when we lose because then we get to see Jordan Love it's a win-win baby yeah so uh, again we'll see we'll see I, 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 I don't think pending injury and and I and and I'd be curious to know if they're gonna try to pull some some nonsense, but I doubt it. Um, pending any new injuries that he isn't willing to battle through, which I can't imagine there are many, I think it's just gonna be Rogers all year. That's what I think. But uh, time is flying. I'm actually shocked. I had no idea we're almost 40 minutes in, so we better take a break. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. Similarly, if you'd like to support Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, please check them out at fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Yo, Ryan, this is Jim from Arkansas calling. Hey. Hey, I just wanted to call because I haven't heard anybody mention the 
best part of that Packers Bears game, All right. which was after we scored, and that at the end got that two point conversion, and they showed the uh, crowd in Chicago, and they thought through the whole game they were ahead, they yep. were going to win that game. They finally were taking down the Packers, and they had their hearts ripped out at the very last minute. It was amazing. Uh, I love that moment. Can't get enough of it. All right, want to hear your thoughts? Yeah, it is. It is a little odd, actually. I mean, this is. You remember back to the uh, Mani game where we were getting beat up by the Bears, and Rogers comes back in heroic fashion, and and you know you remember all those the uh, the two different times with with Randall Cobb, you know, down to the wire. That that one game against the Bears, I think the first time with Randall Cobb was one of the most amazing, uh, whatever you call it, two minutes or or final whatever to, to win a game in, in, in the last seconds of a, it's one of the, the best I've ever seen because I think we converted like, I don't know how many thirds and fourth downs. It was just, it was incredible to be able to get down there and then hitting Randall on that, on that play. Um, the video of that bears fan, I think that might've been the same, my knee game. I'm not sure, but with Randall Cobb, not the first one, but the second one with Randall Cobb. But uh, I mean, th- this one, maybe it's just because of how the season's going and it doesn't matter as much, but this one, it goes down in terms of the Bears-Packers rivalry and, and wanting to really stick it to the Bears, I know it went bad, but I don't think it could have gone any better, to be honest. I mean, if if we had been blowing them out by the end of the first quarter, the Bears fans would have checked out, right? But the fact that they really thought they were going to win and they really thought that Fields was going to be the guy and he was going to tear us all up and it was going to be great and they were going to shut us down. And um, at the end of the day, it was uh, the Green Bay Packers. It was Aaron Rodgers again. It was it was the rookie Christian Watson. As much as they keep talking about, you know, their future is bright and ours is bleak. Um, it wasn't their young players. It was ours that went on to win that game. You probably couldn't have written too much of a better script if the game plan going in was we want to rip the hearts out of Bears fans and out of this Chicago Bears franchise. That couldn't have gone any better. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, hey. just wanted to call in with some morning thoughts now that I had a night to sleep on things. But, um, I, I kind of realized that Aaron Rodgers is like holiday leftovers. All right. And Sounds I know good. it's going to be a little confusing, but let me, let me explain a little more. That'd be great. Um, you know, when you're at a holiday with, with your family and you're getting ready to leave and you just had a bunch of really good food. The really good food at that time was Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Okay. But now everybody's like, oh, you got to take some of this, take some of this. And they want to package all this, right. this stuff that's gone cold up so that you can reheat it later. That's what Rodgers is now. He's, <laughs> he's the reheated leftovers and they can still taste pretty yeah. good, yeah. you know, right. but they're not, they're not fresh. Right. They're not what you, what you want, what you need, but you're just, you're forced to take them anyway even though you really don't want them. I think that's that's kind of what we're doing right now. It's actually a re- <laughs> I love analogies. It's actually a really good analogy if you think about it because it in in a way it is extremely similar. And to the Rodgers, we'll call them Rodgers defenders, they're right in that they can point out, look, it's still Rodgers. It's still the same Rodgers, still the same guy because the parallels are so I mean it, it is. It's the same guy, it's the same throws, it's the same this, it's the same that. But at the same time it's not, is it? Right? It's the same, but it's not the same. It kind of tastes the same. It kind of looks the same. Everything is almost very similar, but at the same time, it's definitely not the same. I mean, it just, it's just, it's, it's nowhere near as good. And, and you got to acknowledge that. 
even if you still love it. And and maybe that's where the one disconnect for me in the analogy is, is I will crush me some leftovers, some some holiday leftovers, some mashed potatoes and turkey and what. Oh, dude, just I will smash it like you wouldn't believe. Whereas with with Rogers, it's a little more of a, I kind of want to throw this in the garbage. But, you know, that's maybe where it's a little bit different. And it's just eating this bland dry stuff and we keep pretending like it's like it's that fresh stuff again but i was watching that game man and i like i saw receivers open and rogers always you know he wanted to simplify the offense i throw to the open guy i, I don't know how much more simple you can get than throw guy uh i don't know but yeah so rogers is uh is, is leftovers from thanksgiving or christmas whatever you want go back go yeah, no, I um, I think that's fair. I think you you seem to dislike leftovers a little bit more than I do, and maybe it depends which leftovers we're talking about. Obviously, like leftover pie, dude, it's it's just pie. It's fine. It's 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 still very good, you know. But it's the point is, it's not like leftover pizza. Leftover pizza is kind of like, in my opinion, what 2019, 2020 Rogers was. It's different. But I don't know if it's better or worse. In some ways, it's better. In some ways, it's worse. But it's just it's just different and and equally as awesome, right? As as new newly delivered, freshly out of the oven, whatever, freshly out of the pizza thing with the the wood fired thing, or leftovers. But but this is it's a step down. Still very good, but it's clearly a step down. So. Uh, I'm 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 with you on that, but again, it seems like you seem to like uh, dislike leftovers more than I do. And again, I do want to go back and look at the game. I didn't see anybody open. I, I know my son actually noticed when we watched it a second time. He kept because we it was recorded. He wanted to rewind. Oh look, Lazard was always like, "Are you serious?" I'm I I don't pay attention apparently, and so he had to rewind it and show me. And it, even from that, if you're not looking at it from the all twenty two, it's hard to tell. You know, you need to see where the defenders are. You need to kind of slow it down and see where's Rogers at. You know, if he's he might have already been breaking the pocket at that point. So I don't know. I a lot of people now. I think you're the second or third person at least that's called in and, and made that point that a lot of people were open. Um, I had kind of wondered because again, it was very odd to me that nobody was open against this garbage secondary. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I mean it could be bad play calling it could be great maybe the Bears defense just showed up because it's the Packers maybe the wide receivers just fell off I don't know who knows but I do need to go back and watch and see for myself um, if for no other reason than just for that reason to to just watch the wide receivers and see um, you know how they did I just had a random thought Tom's by the way you know yeah yep, we know we got it uh, anyway uh, and we already Everything you said so far, everybody already knows. We know you're Tom, and we know that you have a random thought. Those are the only, the only thoughts you have, and we love it, Tom. It's kind of crazy how Rogers, for most of his career, has had a person to where he can just say, "Ah, screw it, they're down there somewhere," whether it be Devontae, Jordy, Tom. <laughs> now, now he has Christian Watson. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious. You're 100 percent right. That's why the offense is working. And that's why Rodgers is working and everything's working because Rodgers has that, ah, screw it guy. On that fourth down touchdown, the funny thing about it, and Christian Watson did a fantastic job of getting open, a, a great but a little bit not great thing, 
it appeared to me, and I could be wrong, Rodgers was staring at Watson the whole time. He was just staring him down like, get open, get open. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's awesome that it's gotten to that point. Freaking Randall Cobb is on this team. Now, maybe it's just where his eyes are and, and everything else, and he just kind of knows some other things. I, I'm not entirely sure, and, and I could just be wrong about it, but I, 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 I watched it a second time, and I swear he's just staring at him like, I'm waiting, get open. Again, Randall Cobb is on this team. Robert Tunyon is on this team. Alan Lazard is on this team. But Rodgers is thinking, where's Christian? On fourth down, he's saying, where's Christian? And he's waiting for Christian to get open. And he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. Christian does get open and he throws it. Number one, you're right. Christian Watson has become his relief valve. He's become his, like, if I don't know where to go, I'm going to Christian. And that's freaking awesome. It's not to the point, obviously, where Jordy and Devontae were, but he's a rookie who has played almost no time, and Rodgers and, and the Packers are, are you know, consistently, and I should look this up with, with SIS, consistently going to him on third and fourth down. It's insane, because that's all about trust. It's not just, hey, let's take a shot on, on you know, third and one, you know, because we're going forward on fourth, this is prime, take a shot, or, or first down, let's take a shot, or whatever. Not just in those safe to take a shot, and, but we can recover if we doesn't get it to situations. We're talking fourth downs to Christian Watson. Fourth down and goal to Christian Watson. Um, but but you're right. It, it's it's He has that guy now. He has that guy that, that can get open. And, and I tell you what, man, there were a couple plays for Watson that I'm excited to go back and see that he really looked good. That, again, his ability to get open on that play, not only did he get the separation to know I got to stop, break back outside, but the ability to do it to kind of go into the the defender and then use his speed to get the separation, but also to fight back to the ball when he threw it because that ball could have tech because it was a little underthrown. It was thrown behind him. I mean, um, if he just stays flat, the defender could have cut in front of it and picked it off. And then you have another situation similar to what you had with Tyler Davis, where he's throwing it essentially at a defender and Davis kind of just keeps running flat rather than attacking the ball. Christian comes and attacks. The, and this is all stuff that's happening in a split second. The play breaks down. He breaks to the other side. And then when the ball is thrown, he attacks the ball to make sure he's the one that goes and gets it. But there was another one. I think it might have been like a third down conversion or something. I don't know. But just the route he ran. It, it was not only is he just running away from the guy, but coming out of his break, he had the guy broken on that break. Um, so, I mean, you're starting to see the nuance with Christian that's like, you add the speed onto everything else, and it's oh my god! Again, the fifty-fifty ball in the end zone, the 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 scramble drills, the route running. I mean, everything is is starting to develop, and it's it's kind of getting crazy. But sorry for hijacking. I get a little excited when we talk about Christian Watson, but it is funny because you're absolutely right. He he, the offense fell apart because he lost his go-to guy. And he's got a go-to guy again, and lo and behold, we're one of the highest-scoring teams over the last like four weeks. And it's just a wonderful feeling. And once again, it's kind of crazy. And to that, I know that some of the fan base don't like Rodgers. I'm fifty-fifty. I just want them to decide what they're going to do. Yeah. The them being the management and the organization, but got me thinking about how some people who don't like Rodgers utilize that the receivers make him look good. And then you got people who are saying that he makes the receivers look good. And 
I, I, you've talked about it in the past, and I've heard other people talk about it in the past, but it really does feel like if you get someone to mesh well with Rodgers, it is just oh, so beautiful yeah, to see. It is. And so that's just uh, got me thinking about how many good wide receivers there could have been if they just meshed well with their quarterback and vice versa. But another thing that gets overlooked time and time again is the offensive line. If you don't have a good offensive line, you're not going to have a good quarterback. If you don't have a good quarterback, no, you're not going to have good wide receivers. Now, that's not always the case, but for the most part, that's how it is. Just a couple thoughts. Didn't feel like just leaving that into the ether. So, yeah. Bup, 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 bye. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Um, no, that is that is a really good point. I mean, it's... It, not only are we getting better because of Christian, but I think it's really helping Rodgers because he's got that guy. And he I mean, he has a couple guys. He's he's got not just Christian, but he's got he's got Lazard, he's got Cobb, he's got some other guys that he trusts, but it 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 does feel like Christian's kind of taking it to another level where Rodgers is saying pre snap, I want to go this way, and Christian is rewarding him for that. I mean, again, Christian has been doing a much better job, not just like j- not dropping the ball, but in everything, right? I'm going to throw it to you when you're not exactly open. He's still going to get it. I'm going to trust you on fourth down. He comes up clutch. And now you've got, I mean, Randall's dropping pretty easy passes right by him. Lazard has been a lot more droppy this year than he has been in the past. So his more reliable targets are not as reliable. Now you've got this freak of an athlete and Rodgers keeps testing it. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to push the envelope a little bit and see how far I can push it before Christian doesn't step up. And it just doesn't seem like that's becoming a thing, especially when the last drop he had was on like a wide receiver screen. So it's not even like, well, you know, he can't do this. He can do everything under this. No, he can do everything just with an occasional, what the heck was that kind of thing. But everybody's got those. I don't think I've heard anyone ever say this but All right. I just want to go ahead and do this little part because I thought it was funny to myself you know it's wonderful that the Packers were able to pick up Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs and Samori Torrey which honestly Samori Torrey I don't like maybe they're trying to develop him a little more I don't know anyway uh, got off on tangent there um, when are the Packers ever going to give Rodgers uh, first round help with receiver I mean come on <laughs> Yeah, Christian Watson's okay, you know, eight touchdowns, four weeks, hasn't, hasn't been seen like something. You know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because this kind of ticked me off. I um, I was scouring the internet, going over different video clips. I was mostly looking for uh, Laughing at the Enemy, which I will get to eventually, but I got to take some time to accumulate those clips. But um, one of the comments that was made, upset me because again the the I'll I'll lump them into media but we're talking podcasts and and uh everything else the 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 narrative about this first round receiver thing first of all we were always told the Packers need to go get Rodgers some help in the draft they refused to do it then they went ahead and did it but the offense wasn't working right it wasn't going anywhere and then the narrative became a combination of still going with the they refuse to get him first round receiver help, but also 
how dare you stick Rodgers with a bunch of rookies, you bunch of idiots. But wait a minute, you were the one saying that the Packers would be better if you went out in the draft and got them receivers. And don't even try to act like, well, I meant like three years down the road. No, you meant this year. And now that Christian Watson is emerging, I heard somebody mention, I think it was PFF or something, I'm not entirely sure, but it was some sarcastic comment of, oh, gee, look what happens when you actually go out and get him some wide receiver help. Don't you freaking dare. Don't you even dare move that goalpost for a third time now. The Packers have had, in my entire lifetime, I don't think the Packers have gone without a, 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 an elite wide receiver on the team. You have to go back to pre-Sterling Sharp to find a team, you know, with the exception of maybe a year with like where Jordy got injured or something where, where there was injuries. There has always been at least one good wide receiver and, and has always been a dominant group. And the fact that the Packers got trashed for only having the best wide receiver in all of football is so stupid. And now that Devontae leaves and Gutekunst goes out, doesn't use a first-round pick like he's told he's required to, uses a second, a fourth, and a seventh, and apparently is loaded with wide receiver talent, in one instant snaps his fingers and makes that happen, and he's still not going to get any freaking credit. The guy will... He turned this whole franchise around after a losing season and turned him into a 13-win team. We lose Devontae, and we get Christian Watson, and Dobbs, and Ture staggering to me the uh, lack of respect he gets. But 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 again, it's always trying to hijack the narrative for them. You know, it's always the, I told you, you know, you should have gone out and got a wide receiver. And then they do it and it's like, well, you shouldn't be getting them rookies to work with. And then the rookies pan out and it's, I told you, you need to get rookies. It's like, I will punch you in the neck. Like that since Randy Moss. But when is he going to get some first round help? These Packers, man, they don't know what they're doing. If, 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 you know, let's say Christian Watson, if they got him first round, I think it was like the original plan, so they can do a fifth round option. I'm not positive. Anyway, if they got him in the first round, man, oh, it would be so different. He would have like eight touchdowns in four weeks, which we haven't seen anything like that since Randy Moss. But because they got this guy in the second round, but, oh, losers. All right. Yeah, and, and that goes to a lot of things too. Uh, it's it's first of all the obsession constantly with you got to get a first round wide receiver. That doesn't make sense. You need a lot of things. You first of all, what you need is a competent winning football team, and there's a lot of different formulas for that. Yes, wide receivers becoming an important thing, but w- what is it you're trying to actually say? Well, you need a good wide receiver. Well, we had one with Devonte. Well, you need two. Do you need two? And if you get a second, does he have to be a first round? You know, it, there isn't really a cohesive or coherent message, and 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 it's it's it was mostly just bluster and trying to sound smart because you know the the Packers were I don't know people people want to just be able to answer questions easily and make themselves sound smart and and there's usually not just an easy answer and for the Packers it was simple Rodgers is great and they won't give him any help. That's not an intelligent line. That's just a, a lazy trope for people that have no idea what they're talking about. They want to sound smart as though they just solved all the Packers' problems, which isn't true. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... And by the way, we did go out and get a receiver, and he wasn't a first-round receiver, and he is probably, arguably, the best receiver in this entire class. And guess what? Our team sucks. 
Because it's not true that if you just give Aaron Rodgers an elite wide receiver, that everything's great. We had it with Devontae, and we couldn't win Super Bowls, even though we were a good team. And, you know, well, you, you got to fix the defense, and you go out and you find players, but then you need a defensive coordinator. It's like, oh, shoot, we got to get a defensive coordinator. And then the offense falls off. It's, oh, no, we got to. There's a lot of complexity in football, right? And, and, and now it's not just talent. Now it's an attitude. Well, shoot, well, you didn't factor in attitude. Now we got to get attitude. And then you go out and get a guy that's got attitude, but he doesn't have, you know, the right scheme or or we lose this player or that kind of thing. It's it's football, man. It, it, there's always there's always something. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. There are teams that are, you know, you know and then it, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to fantasy football where you can be the best fantasy football guru in the world. And you can have what you consider to be a perfect draft. But first of all, it's never going to be perfect, right? Because there are other people who are going to be picking guys, even if they don't know what they're doing, they're going to be taking guys that you wish you'd had, right? I mean, you just, you're always doing the best with what you have. So there's going to be issues, but you assume that you made all the right decisions and you probably did without, without having forethought, without being able to see the future, you made the best available decisions that you could. But there's a lot of things that are going to come up that you didn't know. And what's going to happen is the guy that has never played fantasy football that you just talked into playing just because it's like, hey, uh, we need another guy. I think you'd love it, man. Come on, it'd be fun. You should do it. And you end up setting his roster 90% of the, the season anyways because he keeps forgetting. Um, and you don't want to give everybody free wins every week. So yeah, th- that's the guy that goes on to win. And that's the NFL too. It's, it's some team that you don't think deserves it. Right, the freaking Rams. Come on, man. The Rams have been giving away all their draft picks. They went out. What? Uh, what the heck is the guy's name? Uh, Stafford, Matt Stafford. Come on, Matt freaking Stafford. Give me a and Odell Beckham, who didn't hardly do anything. Like now, now what? We got to give credence to the idea that you should just give away all your picks, which is stupid. I mean, this is they didn't deserve that. Everybody knows they weren't the best team. They were maybe the worst team in the NFC that was in the playoffs. And they win the Super Bowl. It was a complete farce. It was a complete joke. Same with the Bengals. The Bengals might have been the worst team in the AFC that that made it to the Super Bowl. But they did. And, and if we try to just wrap it up into some simplistic, overly simplistic nonsense, like we did with the Packers, where if you would have just got a wide receiver help, oh, please, please, if we just had one more wide receiver that would have fixed everything. It would have fixed all our defensive problems, our offensive line problems, our quarterback's problems. It would have fixed our tight end problems and our running back problems and everything. Give me a break. That's not how anything works. There's, there's, there's almost never going to be just one thing you can do that's going to fix everything. So, anyways, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all pretty stupid. Well, it's uh, Victory Monday. As we all are aware. I'm feeling good, feeling weird. So I got a question. What would your adult entertainment name be? Because I feel like you're pretty close already with Ryan Slip. I feel like there's something there. This is packing that after dark, right? Let's make it after dark. Okay. If you were to go into the adult entertainment business, what would be your name? All right, bye. Well, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this question, so let's just go with the very easy, low-hanging fruit here and say it would be Pack Daddy. <laughs> I mean, 
That's part of the reason I don't like the name Pack Daddy because it's kind of weird. I mean, it's a cool name, but it can be weird pretty quick for obvious reasons. So, I mean, anyways, I was going to end it with that. We're not going to end it with that. Let's see what Garrett's got to say. Hey, Ryan. I wanted to uh, elaborate a little bit on my comment about how Christian Watson is emerging. Please elaborate. Um, on I think Watson. this analogy maybe will better describe what I'm thinking. Analogies. Um, I think of Christian Watson like a frozen pizza. pizza. You go to the supermarket, pick out a pizza that has the toppings you like, yep. and uh, you uh, put it in the cart and take it home and put it in the freezer for a special occasion. Yeah. Um, or in my lunch. case, since I work two jobs and my wife works, sometimes I come home and I don't feel like cooking, so I'll save it for when I'm really craving a pizza. Yeah. And Watson is one of those picks that... You know, I just realized I went in our deep freezer. Sorry to interrupt. So my my wife, when she goes shopping, she just has these like things in her head that it's like we probably need this, and pizza is one of those things. Like we probably need a so she'll get like a frozen pizza or two. We I counted I think twelve frozen pizzas we have. Plus it was like a, a food drive thing where we got these specialty pizzas or whatever. But on top of the we probably need uh, some pizza thing, she does that with like milk too. It's like. Uh, we already have like six milks, but thank you. No, but we uh, we have a lot of pizza. Nobody cares. It's fine. I'm sorry I interrupted you. We didn't really get to see him in the preseason. He was still on ice, so to speak, and uh, we were waiting to see when we would be able to throw him into the mix, throw him into the oven, and uh, finally we get a chance to do that, and uh, we're looking in the oven, opening and checking, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's almost there. Cheese is bubbling. Not quite brown yet, right. but it's it's getting there, and you can smell it, and you can tell it's going to be good. Finally, take it out of the oven. It's super super hot, mm-hmm. and you want to eat it, but you know if you do, it's, it's going to be man. that sauce is going to be burning your tongue. Yeah, but no you good. do it anyways because you can't. It's also easier. I've learned because I don't really like piping hot pizza. People are like, I like it hot. I don't want it hot. I want it to be warm, like comfortable. But also, you ever try to like cut a pizza? When it's like bubbling hot, all the cheese is just, it's not great. You let it cool a little bit so it starts to harden. You just cut right through it. It's a little better. I'm just saying. Wait. Um, and right now that's where I think he's just burning defenses. Yeah. And we're enjoying every minute of it. Yep. And, you know, you're getting to point where it's like now you're starting to really savor this pizza. And we're going to see if by the end of the season, just, you know, what we really got in him, because I don't think he's really done yet showing us what he can do. It's only the beginning. So uh, just relish the moment and enjoy the pizza. And uh, can't wait to see what happens. Have a good one. Trying to follow that analogy here. All right, so we got, we're coming home from work. I'm hungry. I want a pizza. I put it in. We keep checking on it because it's, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't want it to get overcooked. In order to be undercooked, although I'm, I'm a little bit on the undercooked side. I don't want it to crunch on me. You know what I mean? Like you get like the burnt, no, it, it can be all floppy and gooey and delicious. I'm good with that. But I'm checking it, right? Okay. And it's really hot, so you got to let it sit for a minute. And that's like Christian Watson... Because he's hot as a as a, as a player. I mean, not as like a as a physical specimen. That's not really my, uh, you know, I I don't know if he is. Probably is. I don't know. I know he's shredded. 
but I'm not talking about that. Not nor am I. Talking, I mean, shredded cheese is that what we're doing? I don't understand the analogy. I guess, but that does work, right? Right? Like he's 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 playing real hot, and he's shredded like shredded cheese, and he's hot like pizza sauce. And he's burning people on the field, and we keep checking in on him so it doesn't burn. I don't know, but I am I am savoring it like a pizza. I get that part of the analogy for sure. It's it's very enjoyable. And I'm sure everybody else got the analogy. I just it went over my head because I was too busy worrying about uh, the non-analogy part of the pizza story. Anyways, I am going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at the pizza. We got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six calls left, which is probably not enough for tomorrow. So if you want to have a Packernet after dark tomorrow, you need to call in six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight. New callers go to the front of the line. It's all good fun, man. You call about whatever you want. You call about pizza. You can call about, uh, you know, sewage backups or, um, you know, diapers that you find in the garbage when you're at work or uh, or the Packers, if you're into that kind of thing, or the Bears or uh, the Patriots. Don't call about the Patriots. I don't care about the Patriots. I mean, you can. I just, I don't, just don't. Anyways, you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.